Welcome to Murder Minute. On today's episode, The Rack Man. But first, your true crime headlines. A father in Wisconsin was arrested last week in the death of his three-month-old baby. Authorities said that on January 9th, the infant's parents brought the child to Asperus Wausau Hospital. Because of the extent of the child's injuries and their age, the baby was transferred to Marshfield Children's Hospital for specialized care. A criminal investigation was launched because of the unexplained life-threatening brain injury. The infant died of his injuries on January 14th. The baby's father, 39-year-old Ronnie Lofton Jr., was arrested the following day. Wausau police are recommending a first-degree reckless homicide charge against Lofton. A probable cause hearing is expected to take place this week. The investigation is ongoing, and officials said that additional charges may result. The death of an elderly Brooklyn woman found on the floor of her apartment last Friday with a phone cord around her neck has been ruled a homicide. 78-year-old Juanita Caballero was found by her adult son at about 5 p.m. last Friday after he arrived for a visit at her home in the Woodson Houses on Powell Street near Dumont Avenue. Caballero's son told police that when he arrived, he found the front door locked and then saw his mother lying in her apartment hallway. He then attempted to perform CPR, but could not revive her. The medical examiner determined that the woman's cause of death was asphyxia. Police said that there were no signs of forced entry into the apartment and nothing appeared to have been stolen. Caballero's death is the third murder in the building in the past six years. Two other seniors were murdered in their apartments in 2015 and in 2019. The first killing in November of 2015 was 82-year-old Myrtle McKinney, who was found dead on her kitchen floor by police. Initially treated as a death by natural causes, the case was later ruled a homicide after an undertaker noticed a knife wound on the back of her neck. She also suffered three broken ribs. Residents have said that they have repeatedly called for better security. Linda James, whose mother, Jacolia James, was fatally assaulted in 2019, said, quote, the lack of security leaves our seniors as sheep circled by wolves. It says they don't matter. It breaks families apart and leaves holes that cannot be filled. So far, neither of the previous cases have been solved. A woman in Missouri was found dead Monday in a parked car with an unharmed infant alongside her. Police responded to a call about a sudden death at about 7.30 a.m. and found a 30-year-old woman suffering from a gunshot wound in a car at Spanish Lake in St. Louis County. The woman was pronounced dead at the scene. Police said that the woman's eight-month-old baby girl did not appear to be injured and was taken to a hospital for examination. Witnesses said that they saw what looked like a bullet hole in the vehicle's driver's side window. 
The shooting is being investigated as a homicide. Law enforcement officials said that they don't believe it was a suicide. Those are your true crime headlines. Up next, the rack man. But first, a quick break. Keeping your body in shape is important, but it's also important to keep your mind sharp. I've been leveling up my focus with Word Forest. Word Forest is my new favorite game. Word Forest is a word puzzle app made for word search addicts like me, and it's free. Word Forest has over 2,000 levels, so you never get bored playing. Connect letters in any direction to form hidden word matches. Find as many words as possible to earn bonus coins to uncover hidden words. It starts easy, but gets more challenging as you get better. Word Forest is a fun way to keep your mind sharp and grow your vocabulary. Put yourself to the test in this fun and addicting brain game. Right now, Word Forest is offering you 2,500 coins and 500 gems when you download and play. So the next time you find yourself mindly scrolling through social media, download Word Forest instead. Just go to the Apple or Google Store and search for Word Forest. Download Word Forest for free today and get ready to flex your brain muscles. We all have our guilty pleasures. Whether it's a cheesy TV series you binge a dozen times or an album you love to listen to on repeat, some things just get better the more you play them. And one of my favorite things to play over and over again is Best Fiends. Best Fiends is the app that engages my brain with challenging but fun puzzle games with thousands of levels and new ones added all the time. The game is simple and fun. The good guys are the bugs and the bad guys are the slugs. Complete the puzzles to defeat the slugs, collecting keys and unlocking new fiends along the way. Like Edward the Mosquito, Gordon the Scorpion, Brittle the Housefly, and my best fiend, Pop the Axolotl. I've cleared hundreds of levels already and the more I play, the more fun it gets. With new monthly updates, themed challenges, and holiday puzzles, there's always one more level, and the adventure never gets old. This is my pandemic must-play. So the next time you need a break from the news cycle, or run out of shows to binge-watch, download Best Fiends free. With over 5,000 levels, boredom, won't stand a chance. It's hours of fun at your fingertips and can even be played offline. This game has 100 million downloads and tons of five-star reviews for a reason. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Welcome back to Murder Minute. On the morning of August 11, 1994, fisherman Mark Peterson was out on the Hawkesbury River, north of Sydney, Australia, when he felt a strong tug on his fishing net. 
His boat, the Lady Marion Trawler, cast large nets to fish the mouth of the river for squid. Mark was hopeful that the tug meant that he was about to pull in a large haul. Instead, as the fisherman reeled in his catch, he realized something was wrong. As I pulled it in, I saw there were plastic bags tied to it, Mark would later tell the press. And then I saw a bone stuck out of one of the bags. Rather than a large load of fish, Mark had hauled in a decomposing body, wrapped in black plastic bags and tied to a large heavy piece of steel welded in the shape of a crucifix. Mark Peterson quickly returned to the shore and called the local police. They took possession of the remains and the crucifix and had the body examined by their physical evidence section. Police compared the discovery to something you might read about in a mob hit. Whoever put it there didn't want it to be found, Mark Peterson said. The frame had been welded together specially for the job and was heavy enough not to float. But the fisherman didn't believe whoever dumped the body was familiar with the area. It's a heavily trawled part of the local waters, and it was bound to show up someday, he said. Once police confirmed that the remains were in fact human, they sent the body and the crucifix to the New South Wales Institute of Forensic Science. In the forensic lab, the body was given the name of unknown human remains E48293. But the Australian press called him the Rack Man. Pathologist Dr. Christopher Lawrence carefully removed the sheets of black plastic from the corpse. The body was badly decomposed. Clothing, hair, and soft tissue remained, but the person it once was was unidentifiable. The growth of barnacles on the metal frame indicated that the body had been in the water for a year or more. This caused the victim's fingerprints to deteriorate, and any DNA samples taken would be considered poor quality. All the examination could conclude was that the rack man was a Caucasian male, possibly of Mediterranean or Central European descent, aged between 21 and 46 years, and standing between roughly 5 foot 2 inches and 5 foot 4 inches tall. His cause of death was blunt force trauma to the head, and whoever killed him had attached him to the crucifix using wire and orange rope. It was not clear if he had been attached to the crucifix before or after he was killed. Dr. Chris Griffiths 
forensic odontologist at the University of Sydney analyzed the skull and teeth and found that the rack man's first lower right molar had been removed when he was younger, a detail that might aid in his identification. It was also Dr. Griffith's opinion that the rack man's face may have been slightly misshapen. But despite these details, no missing persons reports appeared to match the rack man. Police then attempted to narrow down the rack man's origins through what was left of his clothing, an everything Australian polo shirt, size medium, and no sweat brand sweatpants, also size medium. The only other personal items found on the body were a pack of cigarettes and a lighter. Unfortunately, the items were too commonly sold throughout Australia to narrow their search. Forensic anthropologists used the Rackman's skull to create a facial reconstruction for police. From there, Detective Senior Constable Phil Redman created computer-enhanced images with variations on different hairstyles. The images were widely circulated, published in newspapers, and the case was featured on Australia's Most Wanted. They even offered a $100,000 reward. But the rack man remained unidentified. It did, however, lead to a variety of tips and theories, ranging from mafia hit jobs to satanic cults. Some believed that the rack man was a 30-year-old convicted drug dealer named Joe Biviano. Biviano had gone missing near Sydney in 1993, had dark hair, and was about 5 foot 4. But Biviano had no dental records to compare to the rack man and a DNA sample from one of Biviano's relatives was not a match for the Rackman's badly damaged DNA sample. Police also received information about a Greek comic book dealer who had been killed in a manner similar to the Rackman. Peter Mitris disappeared from King's Cross in 1991 and was, quote, bashed to death and his body dumped in the ocean in Sydney. But Peter was five foot ten, far too tall to be the rack man, and his sister said that his teeth were not a match. The case went cold. Until you identify the victim, you haven't got a starting point. Detective Chief Inspector John Lehman told reporter Justine Ford, at least with a victim who has been identified, you can look at who the person was and ask questions, like, what was he doing? Who were his associates? Was he in trouble? Was he known to police, and if so, for what reasons? Without an identity, there could be no suspects. So for over two decades, the Rackman 
Unknown Human Remains E48293 lay refrigerated in a Sydney morgue, waiting to be known. Finally, 24 years later, in August of 2018, the Rackman was named. Thanks to advances in DNA testing, Deputy State Coroner Paul McMahon officially ruled that unknown human remains E48293 belonged to 37-year-old Max Tanzevsky. Tanzevsky was a known gambling addict who disappeared on January 11, 1993, after withdrawing $1,800 cash out of his bank account. Tanzevsky was known to have debts, but the exact amount he owed is a mystery. Now that police have identified his remains, the investigation into who killed Max Tanzevsky can finally move forward. The crucifix that Tanzevsky was tied to was precisely measured to fit his physical dimensions, indicating premeditation, and the steel was too heavy to have been thrown into the river by just one person. Was Max Tanzevsky murdered by the same people responsible for Peter Mitris's death? Did Tanzevsky borrow money from the wrong people? Was his killing meant to serve as a warning to others to pay up or face similar consequences? Despite learning his identity, police have no new leads in the case. And the mystery of how Max Tanzevsky became the rack man remains unsolved. If you have any information regarding this case, contact Australian Crime Stoppers at 1-800-333-000. This has been Murder Minute. For true crime anytime, download the Murder Minute app or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Murder Minute.